Hello and welcome back to the Epic TV podcast. Uh, I'm Matt Groom. I'm Hugo Pilcher. And we should probably explain where we are because it is a little bit weird. We are uh, in Athens, in Greece, and we're currently sitting in, well, it's a floor of a hotel. The second floor, to be exact. It is the second floor, that's true, I'd forgotten. We um, checked uh, the seventh floor and the eighth floor and they were not uh, suitable, so the second floor was the one that we wanted to... To, to do this on. Yeah, everywhere else has been cleaned. So we're, we're in a corner on some chairs. Apologies if there's the occasional bang or noise. Uh, we're in a working hotel and we have checked out of our room. So why are we in Athens? Why are we in Greece? Well, we're here for a trip with the Feely Climbing Festival. And this is the end of a pretty mental week where we've been in China. We were back for about 15, 16 hours back in Chamonix and then straight on a plane to China. First of all, how's, how's the jet lag treating you? I think I feel uh, yesterday when we were trying to climb and like all that kind of strength that we'd maybe built up over the project and I've been climbing quite a lot recently, just went and I couldn't climb Toffee. <laughs> toffee, well you shouldn't, yeah. rock, it's I'm, rock. If, if it was Toffee it would have been stickier. That is, that is a good point actually, mm. that's perhaps a future podcast. Um, but one of the, the reasons we're here is because we've been working with two brands this week, we've been working with Vibram and we've been working with the Feely Climbing Festival. So we thought it was somewhat apt to have today's topic of the podcast talking about brands because as a media organisation and of course as a shop we work with brands all the time um, specifically climbing brands although Epic TV used to do everything didn't we mm -hmm. back in the day back in the day can I ask a question mm. what's your uh, okay, out of the climbing industry yeah what's your favourite brand I well okay so I've got to say Arcteryx because oh, wait, wait, I said out of the climbing out, sorry, out, the, out like, of the climbing yes. unbrand un un oh, this is a good question um, well you know I'm a little bit geeky about the whole photography thing mm -hmm. like Sony mm -hmm. I like Sony I like their social media presence thing I would like to be an ambassador Sony if you if you're listening um, yeah big big fan of Sony I don't have a oh, it's really annoying I don't have an answer really you but wear a lot of plank stuff no not planks at the moment. Um, for a, while, for a while back, WESC was a favourite brand of mine. Uh, I kind of got back into it recently, but it's difficult, I think, because you're kind of looking at the broad spectrum of brands and what you like looking at and who has a good kind of presence uh, on social media and all that kind of thing. Um, I really dig like what uh, the type of stuff that Vice are doing at the moment on YouTube. Is, it, is Vice a brand or is that a, a media organisation? Is Epic TV a brand or is it? Is well, this is part of the podcast, we'll chat about this. Um, look, we, we want to first of all make it clear because we, we're going to talk about how Epic TV makes its money at another point. But we work with brands a lot. So brands will um, pay perhaps expenses, flights, accommodation for us to go to events. Sometimes they'll pay us to make videos. Um, and, and sometimes we'll work with a brand to promote a certain item. Um, straight off the top of my head, Hugo, your video of Black Diamond's launch of their shoes what, two years ago? Yeah. That was an example of a brand paying us to make a video launching a product. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And that was kind of part of a campaign that we did with them, uh, which kind of entailed doing other videos, but that was primarily their launch video. They didn't really have any other launch videos for their climbing shoes. They chose us as a medium uh, with the following that we have to launch their climbing shoe range for that year. Now, the way we work with brands is kind of unique. Uh, and we thought it'd be... We thought we'd pick this as a topic of conversation because 
we're in a really weird position within the climbing media world, I think, and we're a bit of an oddity because usually what happens is when a climbing brand decides they want to create media, they pay someone, let's say like Hot Aches or Camp 4 Collective or someone, they pay them money for a video, they will create a video, the brand then owns the video, they're very uh, specific on what kind of content that they want and how they want the video to look, and the, the media guys make that video for them. But we sort of don't do that often. We do sometimes, but often it's different, right? I think we, we are kind of like um, bridging the gap in between. Like there's a lot of uh, focus these days on influencer marketing. So using uh, people that already have a following to market a certain type of brand or market a, something that a brand wants to, to kind of push. So for example, a lot of people would use maybe Magnus Mitboat to, to market something, or maybe they would use uh, Eric Carson's channel or Casey Neistat or whatever. We kind of bridge that in that we have that kind of influence, but yet we have a kind of way of monetizing that which isn't focused just through YouTube. So we don't um, solely um, monetize through the marketing strategy and we don't solely monetize through YouTube. We effectively want our um, monetization to come from the shop. Now that means that we um, work with the brands and when we work with the brands we run campaigns and essentially they want us to sell gear but what we do is we take it one step further and we are able to sell that gear within our shop if that makes sense yeah so we're, we're a link between the the physical shop the physical product and the influencer slash promotion of that product sometimes sometimes yeah, yeah talking about brand videos so let's just talk about a few so for example china we just come back from china that was vibram paid for so vibram paid flights they paid accommodation uh, they paid expenses, they did not give us any money and there was no sort of pressure to make it. They were like, come on a press trip, check out the factory. If you want to make a video, that's great. Hang out. That's one type of press trip. But that's quite different to what we would, normally do. Exactly. So talk about something else. Let's talk about something different from that style of, of brand working with. Um, uh, well, I think a good example is the Frisassi Climbing Festival coming up. So that is a, the Frisassi Climbing Festival is a festival that's going to take place in September. Um, it's brand new, is it? Is this their first time or maybe their second time? I think their second time, yeah. Okay, so and it's, it's basically uh, an area of Italy that they want to kind of start pushing um, the area as a climbing area and as an adventure area and, and offer all types of activities for, for the outdoor um, industry. Uh, and they have come to us and they said, listen, we want you to help us to launch this. Uh, we see that obviously that you have a big following, etc., etc. So this has nothing to do with the shop. So this is quite interesting in that we are basically launching this. They are using us purely for our, our platform of what we have and what we can produce and the different languages that we can produce content in, content in et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that's one, one type, which again, I guess is kind of different. They're all kind of weirdly unique in their own, like, their own little ways kind of thing. Absolutely, but we also have an ability to be neutral, which is quite nice because it's often when a brand pays uh, for a video, and I'm, the one I'm thinking of is, you know that Rab video, um, the, uh, the Gales one, the Scottish winter climbing from a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. Rab sponsored video, they were very clear, it was very on brand. When a brand pays us, what we try to do, and, and sometimes we have to negotiate the other way, but what we try to do is say, look, we will create these videos for you, we will promote your event, we'll talk about it, but we're going to do it in our style, and that's super important for us, especially with Climbing Daily, I think, because the reason people like us sometimes 
is that we're a bit weird, we're a bit off the wall, and we find angles that other people don't. And what matters to us is that a brand can can use us for our platform and you know your, your skills as a cameraman, my skills as a presenter and whatever, but we do it our way. It doesn't always work like that. Sometimes we have to do more brand-specific videos, but stuff like the Forsese Festival, we go, we do their thing, but we're going to do it our way, and that's important. I, th I think it comes down to uh, a lot in terms of like the amount of money that brands will spend. I think they, a lot of brands are willing to work with us because we don't charge, I would say we don't charge the premium rates. So it's, it's, it's not the traditional um, kind of deal in terms of like they come to us, they pay us a, a lot of money. And I think people have to be reminded that actually generally production costs a lot of money. Yeah. So what we try to do, I think, is find a way in between that in, in by saying, okay, we are going to pretty much solely use this bit of video for a marketing service and it's going to mark our shop. But within our shop, obviously, we have your brand and therefore you... That, that gives us the kind of the power, I'd say, in the deal to be able to say, look, we want to create our own content in our own way because we know how to sell your gear in our shop. Um, but, you know, in order to really push your brand within our shop, there needs to be some kind of, you know, monetary change, exchange. Yeah, it's marketing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, exactly. it's, you don't get stuff for free necessarily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you see it a lot these days in, and, and I, I had a very interesting conversation with a guy who was like, approached me about influencer marketing and he basically pitched me pitched me the idea of influencer marketing um, and essentially it didn't kind of work obviously because it's kind of what we do anyway so we don't need we don't need to we don't need to market our brand through influencers because essentially we've built up a platform which is an influence within the climbing industry but it was inter interesting talking to him in that he there's a whole industry within this within um, like identifying brands that will work very well specifically with certain influencers and there are companies that are set up to be the middlemen mm. essentially in between the influencer and the brand and make sure that that marketing campaign works to the utmost uh, you know the optimum as possible yeah. and honesty is always quite important with these things and I think you see it on Instagram quite a lot especially with this new hashtag ad idea they do so the the consumer knows when it's an advert and talking about gear i've got to say i really don't like that i don't like it either really I, because like i'm not i get that it's yeah, an advert yeah. i'm always like of course it is it's an advert it's got a watch in it yeah you know, it's you're like, eating kellogg's cornflakes yeah. from the whatever I, yeah I, I really that really pisses me off too i'm not yeah. like oh it was an ad damn it damn yeah. it gucci or whatever and then, but then also i feel like they they do it and then they're like we have free reign to be the most commercial bit of content that you'll see yeah today. because we've done hashtag we've done hashtag yeah. so we can do whatever the hell we want i totally agree with you yeah. and also what pisses me off oh, sorry annoys me <laughs> is that um when it's when you get those youtubers being like and i'm going to talk about this in a sec because we kind of do this too but when it's like yeah they've paid us loads of money but um it is my honest opinion yeah. and you're like yeah it is it is and i get that but it, it sometimes comes over as a bit funny but it is something that we've got wrong as well yeah and i've certainly got that wrong yeah i think we had a discussion about it the other day when we were talking about um just the way that you present that aspect of, of things in terms of uh, do you come up straight up and be like, look, uh, we're working with this brand and they've given us all this kit and we're like, right, let's go out and test it. Let's go and see what it's like. Um, but you, we, you want to be honest, but at the same time, I think the whole, and this I, I always come back to this within TV and within making videos is that, um, and it, it took me a while to learn this, is that it's not, there's certain bits that it's not complete truth. 
It's yeah. not one hundred percent truth. It's like, and and I say that in that it's not that we don't try and be truthful when we give reviews, for example. It's that like you are seeing an edited version of what we kind of put together, and so that it's never going to be one hundred percent truth. So, I think what I'm trying to say is that there's um, a certain amount that people that make videos will always reveal, and the, but they'll do that in order to kind of seem more genuine. Uh, but there's maybe this part of it that they're not always going to tell you kind of thing. Yeah, but I think brands are starting to realise that honesty is the best policy. So let's break it down. So our gear shows, something we get asked all the time on YouTube comments is, yeah, you're talking about it because you've been paid to do it, right? At sometimes, that is true. Sometimes that will happen. So a brand will go, uh, we've launched this product. Can you feature it on the show? And usually, so if I'm writing the script for something like that, I will try if it's just a launch, to talk about the features. And I'm, I am never, and I promise you this as a, as a viewer, I am never gonna give you an opinion that is, that, is, that is not true. So if I haven't tested it or I haven't tried it, I will tell you the features, I'll tell you what it looks like, i tell you what I kind of like about it as a first impression, but at no point, and I'm not saying I always get this right, but I try to not tell you that it's the best thing or greatest thing if I haven't used it, right? So that's sometimes, so sometimes a brand will pay for it like that. Nine times out of ten what will happen is that they will give us something. So for example, climbing shoes. Boreal give us no money at all. What they do do is they send myself, Johan uh, and the Italian cameraman um, and present Enrico. They send him our shoes and we do a test on them because we know A, it's good content. People like hearing about them. And the idea behind that is they're not telling us. They're not saying like you have to be positive. Yes, probably if we turned around and slated their product, their product it wouldn't be the best idea commercially. But what we do do is we give it a balanced opinion. And that is something I think we've got better at over the last year and a half is saying, look, this is really good at this. It doesn't work so well for that. Uh, that's it. That's on the table. You make your decision up. And I'm proud that we do that now. because, And that's something that I have learned when I write it. Yeah, no, definitely. I think a good example is uh, that Tanaya uh, review that we did recently, mm. where I think there was definitely a certain point um, within two, like, because you've been using the shoe for like two or three months, and there was yeah. a point up until about two weeks before, maybe, where I think you had in your head what you were going to say. It wasn't um, like completely negative, but it wasn't like this shoe is amazing, it's, it's really, really good. You were like, look, it does some stuff really well, other stuff doesn't do so well. You know, I'm, I'm, I kind of got on well with it, but not like it's. Mm. Didn't blow my mind. It didn't blow my mind. And then there was a point where you, you figured out a feature, you like, I think the tightening system. Yeah. And then, and then I remember when you came in the next day and you're like, yeah, but then I, don't know. <laughs> I basically was trying to do this problem. And then I was like, I'll just try and tighten the heel because it's a heel hook and the heel's not working. And then all of a sudden, oops, doors, um, all of a sudden you're like, ah, I got the heel hook to work. I've, I've figured out an aspect, aspect of the shoe. Um, and so therefore it was like, and I, I could see the excitement in your eyes because you were kind of like, I get to say like, this is, yeah. I'm digging the shoe now. Like it's like, it's something. So I think there's, there's, there's definitely within your reviews, you're always, I think you're looking for the positive, I'd say. Yeah. Um, you know, which, you, which helps if you come to something like that with a positive mindset, you will find something positive. And like these climbing shoes there's a lot of technology that goes into them they're not going to be completely useless you're never going to find a pair of shoes that aren't good at something yeah um so i think it's always important to highlight that positivity because at the end of the day and i say this again and again we are trying to direct people to the shop and we're trying to sell stuff but we're trying to do it with honesty and integrity and the best 
And over the years, we've found that the best way to do that is to be as honest as we possibly can, but, uh, but, and, but also be, uh, be as honest as, as we possibly can about the fact that we're trying to sell stuff. But this goes back to this neutrality thing, which is the fact that we have, you and me, we work very closely with our shop marketing guys, and we have quite a lot of power with that. And we can say to them, look, we've used, so for example, the beta stick thing. I got given it by beta stick because I took some photos for them. I thought it was kind of cool. And we were like, we want to do this because we think it's cool. And then we came up with a marketing campaign. Very rarely do we get told what we have to talk about. And that's important because it means that we don't talk about stuff that we think is horrible. I think it would be totally, if we got something um, like a product that we think was terrible, we had to market it, we wouldn't do a gear show on it because it would be false. We'd maybe do a promotion on it, we'd maybe take photos, we'd maybe talk about it, but we wouldn't give an opinion. And that's important because if something we don't like, we don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. I think that's fair, isn't it? Pretty much. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, there's an ex a, good, a good example uh, of Johan, the French, I don't, I'm not sure if I should name the brand, but basically he... Um, there was a pair of climbing shoes and they were more of a beginner pair of climbing shoes and he wore them and he just didn't like them. Mm. And he was just like, I can't, there's nothing, there's nothing here that I can do. And like, we had a discussion about whether he should, uh, it, we, I, I'd like to think of it as a discussion. He was maybe just telling me that he didn't want to do it. But, um, <laughs> that doesn't sound like him at all. <laughs> but he uh, was essentially like, look, I haven't got anything good to say about these shoes. I don't know if I can do a review about them. Uh, and we ended up not doing a review on them. Um, part of me was like, oh, I really want to do it because I can, you know, that's kind of the way we work and it's, you know, we can make money from doing this. But the other, the other side, I was like, look, it's, they're not, he's not a beginner. He's not necessarily going to get on with a pair of beginner's climbing shoes. The only thing he could think about saying positive, positively about them was that they were comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was like, okay, let's just let it go. There's no point trying to push this. Uh, and so I think that was, that was a good example of maybe trying not to, to push things where, where they're not, basically. Okay, so that's kind of covered gear a little bit. We, we can talk more about gear because it's a big part of climbing and it's something we're known for doing. But what I also want to talk about is uh, the opportunity that we working with brands allows us to do. And um, I'm thinking Fairhead here. And the reason I'm thinking Fairhead is because uh, Rab wanted us to cover their Fairhead competition. If you don't know where Fairhead is, it's in Northern Ireland, massive 100 metre tall sea cliff. Um, very expensive to get to for us because flying from Chamonix, getting a car, it, hugely expensive. I mean, that you're talking, in terms of expenses alone, probably 1,500 to two grand. Um, and that's not including salaries, editing time, all the rest. Rab wanted a media company to come and cover it. They asked us to do it, they paid us our expenses as part of a bigger package deal. But what we got out of that was some of the best content that we've ever filmed. We had an Alex Honnold soloing The Complete Scream, which was amazing. The weather was beautiful, the bold, you know, we've had videos that I'm so proud of coming out of that. And we allowed to show off how cool Rab are at events like that, because it's a mini event. No one would have heard of it if yeah. we hadn't started pushing it. I how cool Fairhead is. Yeah, so. Fairhead, amazing, mm -hmm. amazing. And also Irish breakfast, really, really good. Why, it wasn't that It's breakfast. the sourdough. It's the sourdough little bready thing you get with it. Okay, so basically it's like an English breakfast with sourdough. Exactly, you know how like a Scottish breakfast is an English breakfast with haggis? Yeah. Name something else a Scottish breakfast is Scottish. No, there is actually something, there's something else, there's that oat cake, isn't it oat cake thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean, like it's all bacon and beans and so, but anyway, so it's, I'm going off topic. But um, working with brands allows us to do stuff like that. Um, I'm trying to think of something else we've done and I can't at all now at all. Um, that kind of trip. 
Yeah, blue ice, blue ice, ice climbing in the Ekran. Mm -hmm. Same kind of thing. They had a featured event. They wanted us to come and cover it and give us our spin on it. But how it works is Rab sat us down for Fairhead and they said, look, what we'd like to do is show like more normal climbers. So do what you want to do, but can you feature more normal climbers and not just do the pros? And so we had a sort of a brief and that's how we work with brands like that. Is they give us an idea of what they want, but we don't do the feature product video usually. What was that? I can't remember what the, um, the, the, the normal climbers were. Is it you? Well, everyone else at the event. They wanted us to sort of feature like a bit of the camping people on E1s. Oh, okay. They weren't interested in uh, like, I mean, we filmed Tom Randall, for example, right? Yeah. He was one of the episodes was him climbing a crack. Yeah. It was an E3. Yeah. Tom Randall can crack climb E3 in his pajamas you know yeah. simple they were super happy with that because that's what they wanted they wanted to show fairhead to be accessible to everyone yeah. not just the elite yeah, yeah 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 so that was kind of we were following the brief but we did it our way did you do did you do climb that that year i that was shoulder ruined that year so the first the first year um i didn't have time no, no i did i did the e5 yeah yeah, yeah, with yeah, Paul yeah. Swale. that was good yeah that was Terrifying. Um, you, you're so sunburned, Monique. I was well. so burnt as well, man. But I'd, I'd been, I want to tell a story behind that route because we, um, we decided that I was going to do this, try this E5 with Paul. And he was going to lead it and I was going to second the crux. And it was a tricky crux. But just before we went, we'd been waiting for Alex Honnold to solo the complete scream all day. He'd been climbing solidly all day. The sun was on that crag. And we were like, about four o'clock, we were like, it's not going to happen today. There's no way he's going to go for it. So I abbed him from the top of the route, bearing in mind this is a 100 meter cliff, right? So it's high. Paul Swale abbed in after me. And then I get this sort of, and Johan starts to abseil because he was the cameraman. And I get this sort of shout from him. And it turns, and you know, he's barely hearing him, but it turns out Alex Honnold just set off to solo the complete screen. Is that the route that you're abbing down into? No, no, it was next to it. So okay. just around the corner. But we're at the bottom of the cliff. So obviously, Alex Honnold is the priority over myself and Paul Swale. So Johan went back up the rope from the top and it was just me and Paul at the bottom of this crag. And I just stuck a GoPro on the ground and it happened to work out quite nicely with the wide shot. But me and him were just the only people at the bottom of this crag whilst Honnold was soloing this thing. Everyone else was up top. And Paul had done a route to the left of it, an E6, so he could kind of talk us through where Alex was in that route. And he was being like, oh God, he's on the hard bit now. Like the feet are terrible at this moment. And both of us, I was like, do I stay and watch this historic moment? But I was so scared. And Paul, both of us were just sitting there uncomfortably. And we, kind of at the same time, we we're like, should we, should we leave? And we just left. We walked around the corner, left the GoPro there because we couldn't watch it. Because we were like, if he falls off, he's gonna fall right on you. Right on, I mean, we're gonna be the ones. I mean, obviously, we would have gone and helped if it had happened, but like watching it was too much, really? too stressful. And then we had to do this E5, so I'd had that. I was super nervous, and then Paul jumps on this E5, and uh, it, was, it was it was one of the, the best experiences I've had. But very scary to watch. But it. So, which bit was the best experience? Um, when I knew he'd done it, and when I knew I got to the top of the E5, because. Um, what I think is really interesting is um, you when you're telling me about it afterwards, you're like, it's not like when you see you, when you see him climbing in the movies and stuff because mm -hmm. he looks very like sure, yeah. very secure, and he's like, did, 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 like wandering up, and you're like, he was like coming up and down, like knocking um, on rock right. and making so sure. It was it was a boiling weekend in Fairhead, which apparently never happened. It was like so, 25, 30 degrees. Yeah, right? it was that hot. That wall had been in the sun all day, and yeah, literally, he goes up, he taps it, he goes down, he tries a sequence, he goes down, he goes up, he goes down. It was like in no way. I'm not saying it's a bad climb. I'm just saying I wanted him to just flow up it yeah, in about yeah, four. Yeah. Minutes, and but it, he had been trying it. He'd been, he'd been he, working. It, he right? worked it once on rope, right. and this is a good story because I, I spoke to him afterwards, and I said, um, 
I was like, you know, people would think that's crazy. I was like, what do you, because Pete Whitaker did that route, yeah. but he did it on site with, with sky cool. hooks, <laughs> sellotapes onto his t-shirt, which he then placed on the route. And I was like, what do you think of that? And he was like, man, that's crazy. Yeah. He was like, you know, that's because it's a death route. If you fall off and those sky hooks pop, you're gone, really. So in his mind, when he did it, he knew he could, he knew he could do it. And he was fine, yeah. but he thought the idea of Pete trying to on-site it with sky hooks and sellotape was, or blue tack, whatever it was, was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I can kind of see the sense in it, in a way. I get it, I get because it. Because like, what Pete did was incredibly impressive, but like, you, people will say, oh yeah, he had protection kind of thing. Mm. But you know, we all know. Well, I don't even, don't know if we all know, but like, I only know because I've seen them. But like, sky hooks are these little things that literally you hook onto like ledges kind of thing and as you kind of pass them they they're not going to offer much if you fall and if you fall down no you've got to weight them down as well so you've got to put weight on the bottom of them so they stay in because yeah. obviously as you go up they lift up yeah yeah, yeah 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 it, it, i mean they do work occasionally but i mean fuck gosh sorry i wouldn't want to fall on one yeah yeah and and for pete Whittaker, i think this this is another conversation about how incredibly awesome pete Whitaker is because uh, i think like he's the best I, I generally believe that he, uh, I, I don't, I don't want to like rank climbers, but for me, like, I think he is one of the most impressive climbers in the world. And like, and I don't think he gets enough, enough credit for it. No, absolutely what not. he does. I, I like, agree. I mean, quite often you watch him and like Tom Randall, and Tom Randall is no, uh, no, 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 no punter. And like, Pete Whittaker just like, quite often cleans the floor with him in, in terms of like the training and how they kind of do yeah. all that. He's a bit stuff. younger as well. He's a bit younger. He's a bit I mean, younger. I'm I'm almost from, you're, you're from a very age, very very strong growing family. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, he's got some pedigree there. Yeah. Um, we've moved away from brands, but I was want to talk about Arcteryx because when we talk about brands and Epic TV, we've been linked to Arcteryx for well, what four years now? Four years. Yeah. Four years. This is how it works with Arcteryx. Arcteryx are Climbing Daily's sponsor. They don't sponsor Epic TV, they sponsor Climbing Daily. They pay us a certain amount of money a year and they also give us uh, a bunch of clothes to wear when we're, when we're presenting and when we're out and about on film. We put their logos on. I, we work with them and we talk about them, but genuinely I think they're a fantastic brand. And I want to say that because I feel that people are like, oh, you just think Arcteryx are great because you're sponsored with them. Yeah, sure, I get all their clothes. You do, you get their clothes too. I get mm -hmm. to wear it, I'm yeah. very privileged. God, it's good stuff. Yeah, it's really good stuff. And I think it's important to say that because like, I do, I'm not saying it's good just because they pay us money. I genuinely love their stuff. I'm not sure I could afford it if I wasn't being given it. But I, I, I think there's definitely a, uh, there's a mentality thing within buying Arcteryx stuff in that um, I have the, the jackets we have. I hopefully, if I don't lose them, I'll, I'll have them like forever for yeah. the rest of my life. And it went until I get really fat and I can't fit them anymore. Um, but uh, you know, I think there's, there's a genuine argument for buying a piece of clothing that you're going to have for the next 10 15 years, which I think you begin to appreciate more as you get older. Yeah, uh, it might sound like I'm rimming the hell out of Arcteryx right now. Can but you like, say rimming the hell out of someone <laughs> on our podcast? <laughs> if you know, you know. Um, <laughs> I, uh, no, but, so what I'm trying to say is that, is that um, like investing a lot of money in a bit of clothing, which essentially is what you're doing with Arcteryx, uh, I now see the, the sense in it. Having said that, if we weren't sponsored by them, yeah. would I go out and buy an Arcteryx jacket? I'd be hard pressed to. It's a lot of money in there. It's a lot of money. And to buy a full yeah. price Arcteryx 
thing, you'd have to be very much dedicated to that, to what you're going to use that for. Yeah. Kind of thing. But it, it, could, it would never just be like a high street fashion. Yeah. Thing. But it is the best of what I've used, especially in the mountains, hard shell wise. Uh, we also work with them in terms of the academies, the Arcteryx Academy. They come to Chamonix, which is useful because we get to sleep in our own beds almost and then go every day. And they, we are their, one of their main media people who do videos for that. But what they're great at being is just like, do what you want, do your thing, uh, cover the event. And we know how to cover events because we're good at this stuff, I think. You know, we can show off an event. Um, but like, for example, the challenge that we did last year, Mm-hmm. where we had to go to many different Arcteryx events as possible. Mm-hmm. That is our spin on it. Like, mm-hmm. the Arcteryx at no point were like, you need to do this. We mm-hmm. were like, why don't we give ourselves a challenge and do this? Yeah, um, and we love a challenge. Well, we're beginning to love a challenge. There were parts of that day I didn't love. <laughs> there was parts. Walking up the frickin' hill to the trad crag that I knew no one would be at, but you, for some unknown reason, were very keen to do. I was just like, I think... <laughs> I'll tell you what it was. You went to hang out in Boulder, and I was like, this is not about what you want to do today, Matt. This is about the challenge. The challenge is bigger than your needs and your wants. We are getting up that thing, regardless of whether anybody's up there or not. Yeah, but it was logistically, the, the, the clinic finished at 3 o'clock, and I think we were at Grand Monte, 40 minutes, half an hour drive away, at about 1.30, 2 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then we had a 40-minute walk up a hill. Yeah. No one was going to be there. Yeah. But it was part of the challenge, it and was. I think it made the video. It made something. It was funny. <laughs> it, didn't, it made the video. It made the video. I would say twenty five percent better. Also, there's the other side of it, which was the football was on at the same time, and I really wanted to go and watch it. But we we got it. We made it. We made it. We made it. Even yeah. in Sweden. Yeah. Um, no, I like for me. I thought that's one of my was one of my most enjoyable videos to edit uh, and put together. Um, that was uh, that was super fun. I went just gonna quick change battery. Mm. One, two. Okay, battery changed. Um, do, do we need to give any... Like, we've been away for quite a while. I feel like maybe we need to give context in terms of what's just, like, happening within the climbing world. Get, do the IFSC thing. How do you mean? Well, who won? Uh, what, this weekend? So yes. Moscow's just happened, so Yanya and Jeanne Kruda. Shona Kotsi came second. Very happy with that as a Brit. Excellent. She's doing well. Slovenian's still destroying. So, I'm, I'm also very happy for Jeanne here. I'm very happy for Jeanne. Yeah. Um, one other, to finish off this brand thing, I wanted to, because it makes me laugh sometimes, right? Because our industry as a climbing industry, I think is fairly young. And I think it's fairly young in terms of media as well. If I look at, so I used to be well into uh, downhill mountain biking, freeride mountain biking. The idea of brand and content videos hand in hand is, is, has been done with them. It's established, it's there. And it always interests me that people don't seem to understand that content costs money. Like someone has got to pay for this stuff. Unless someone's writing a blank check, no one is paying for it. And you don't make money off YouTube. I mean, we make, com- compared to the amount of work it takes and the people's salaries, we do not make money off YouTube. We make a little bit, but no way enough to cover the We don't the make videos. enough money to, 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 to sustain the channel. No, absolutely not. Con- content's got to be paid for, and brands allow us to do that. And it's the same with an athlete having a sponsor, because an athlete 
cannot afford just to go off to Patagonia or like Kazakhstan or wherever it is. You know, they need support from sponsors and we need support from brands. How you do that, as we've discussed, is dependent on the brief and how it goes. But like, you've got to work with people um, to create this content. Sometimes we make content that isn't brand led, of course. Sometimes we'll just be like, we really want to go to Font and do this thing. Like Cold House Media last summer. We just wanted to go and film a Cold House Media. That's not brand supported. Yeah. But yeah, we're supported by brands. And I think as long as you get that right, that's no bad thing. And as long as we maintain our neutrality, which we do get wrong sometimes. Sometimes I'll, I'll write a script and I think, God, all I did was just like blow smoke up their ass. Then I get that wrong sometimes. But I think generally that's how it works. And that's how the industry works. I mean, you've been on it far longer than I have. So you know more about this. I think, um, I think well, I, it's quite interesting in um, terms of when I started, I worked in the TV industry and there was definitely, I felt at that point there was a shift from there was a lot of chat about oh these young guys coming up through through university graduates they're not charging anything companies using them whereas we are like very skilled guys I went through quite a traditional way of training as a cameraman um, and so there was always that kind of like oh, these guys just coming up they think they can do whatever they can the thing is and, and it's, it's even true even more so it's those guys coming up now are incredibly talented and a lot of the guys haven't even been to university they've just like gone and studied YouTube videos for like three or four years and figured out how to become the best put me cameraman and editor right. was that am I in this category you know the best yes absolutely <laughs> um, but no but seriously I think it's but what I've learned is that you have to kind of adapt with it you because to a certain uh, point we are kind of guilty of that in that we don't charge brands for video content as much as maybe uh, you know a traditional kind of production company would but having said that at the end of the day they don't get the video we get the video yeah. like it's our video but it's like basically marketing their brand and what they want to market kind of thing so I think you have to be clever about it you have to kind of understand that the the video industry in particular is always changing and now everybody has a 4k camera and it's what you can do uh, to stand out from the crowd um, luckily we have a team so that we have like multiple minds thinking about what we can all do to kind of like get ourselves above um, but it hasn't come easily it's taken time it's taken us a lot of like work hours a lot of practice a lot of errors a lot of mistakes that we've made over the years to enable us to get to a point now where we feel like we can talk very comfortably with brands we have good relationships with them but that thing takes time um, and I don't really know where I'm going with this, but... But, but it's trust, isn't it? Yeah, you They build, trust build us. Because because we've had trouble from brands where they say, we don't get you. Like, we don't understand. We Hang on, we're going to give you money to make a video that we don't own, that you put your spin on, that we can't really influence, but we pay you for it. People, Some brands just do not get that concept. Yeah, and I yeah. get it because it is a bit weird. But it's what makes us unique. And that, as you were saying, the trust thing is they now have started to go, okay, so we trust that you're going to make something funny and interesting and engaging okay, we'll give you that control, yeah. which is a big step for them. Absolutely. I th what was really nice about this weekend uh, in Greece, and just around you were in Greece uh, at the climbing, <laughs> climbing festival. In, in a corridor currently. In, in a corridor currently. Um, was that a couple of times, and this for me was, uh, not the highlight of the festival, but the highlight of just like a little, little moments, was when uh, everybody was super friendly and one guy came up to you and, and he was putting on a pair of Tanaya Oasi mm -hmm. as he was about to go on a climb and you were like, and you were just interviewing him and you're like, hey, nice shoes. He's like, I bought these because of you. I bought these because of you. And I was like, I was like, yes, that's, 
I, I don't know. I just felt like the, yeah. kind of the circle was complete. Um, and then another time, the, another guy kind of mentioned the BL ghost harness yeah. kind of thing. Which I was, and I was wearing the BL ghost harness because I, it's my yeah. harness yeah. because I got it. We did that. Oops, sorry. That's wow. That's a big bang. Um, we, yeah, we got the BL ghost harness with the challenge one in Chamonix, and mm. I've kept it and I still wear it. And that's so important to get over. It's like. If I talk about a bit of gear, it goes in my cupboard, usually, unless I have to give it back, which sometimes happens, but I try to steal it as much as possible. <laughs> but like, if, if, if I'm telling you it's good, it's because it's good. If I'm telling you there's things about it I don't like, it's because I personally don't like it. You might have a different opinion, but we're trying to be honest, and that's what we're trying to do. And th that's it. I guess that's kind of the point of what we're talking about now. Yeah. I, I, for me, it was just such a buzz, because like, that kind of stuff, trying to be inventive, trying to be creative about how we do these things, is like it's hard work you know it's like coming up with new ideas coming up with an idea to like do a bale ghost harness video where we do alpine climb we do a sport climb and a track climb all in one day um and to kind of bring that all together uh, is a huge amount of fun and it's challenging and then you sit in the edit and uh, like for me i don't know about you but a lot of the time with the edit I like i'm like I should be enjoying this, but I'm not really enjoying this. Yeah. How can it until you see the like the light at the end of the tunnel? Yeah. And then when you see the light at the end of the tunnel, you're like, okay, now I'm enjoying this process. Yeah. I guess that's maybe another another podcast kind of episode in terms of like just how kind of how, how our process works. But definitely, I always feel like when we produce that that kind of video, a video that's like this epic day, uh, that feels like because it's, it's very easy just to go like, and then we did this, then we did this, then we did this, but to like really, to create kind of a feeling of that day and like to, to, to use all the influences of, of how we shoot it and how we kind of put it together and how you guys kind of test it and climb mm -hmm. and stuff like that. There's a lot that goes into it. And so when it kind of, it comes out and you're on that final run of an edit, there's, there's not much better feeling than that, I don't think. Yeah, when you, when you got it right and it hasn't felt like too pushy, too showy. Exactly, And yeah. it's like, it, it's fun, it does show the product off, but it doesn't seem fake. Yeah, That's yeah. what we're aiming for. Yeah, and it's entertainment at the same time. Yeah. Um, because traditional telly uh, shopping movie, TV is mega boring. Yeah. Uh, and so what we're trying to do is like create videos which are interesting, but then also show the products. No, for sure. Well, um, this is kind of the end of this. We've got to go get a flight in a minute. Um, I know a lot of people with the previous podcast were saying that, yeah, it's great on Apple, but we want it on other Android and Spotify things. We are working on it. We've been super busy. It will go up on all platforms very soon. Please share this. Leave a little review. Apparently that helps. We're new to the podcast world. We don't really know. But Yes, leave a review, uh, possibly, possibly a positive one. Yeah. Uh, but just yeah, yeah. Let, write a few words. It really helps get us up the order. That's what the guy from Peter Crouch's podcast says. He does. Do you think we're the next Peter Crouch podcast? You going match? I think with that graphic that I created, it's a good graphic. I yeah. think that possibly. It could. What are you doing to the microphone in that photo? I'm just. I'm so excited to see it. Oh, okay. Uh, that I am um, taking it deep inside yeah. your psyche. It's, ironically, that's not the microphone that we use. So no, it's why not. did we use it for the photo? You tell me it was your idea that okay. photo. Yeah, no exactly. idea. Uh, thank you for listening to us rambling on. Um, we'll come up with a new theme very soon. This will be up and live uh, and hopefully on Android and Spotify platforms as well as Apple and iTunes. Is there a way that people can communicate to us about the podcast? 
I don't know. Maybe just go to our Instagram? Yeah, that'd be good. This will be up there. But let us know what you think somehow. I'm sure there's a way. When you Why don't we, like, next one, we'll do, like, a co- we'll do like a kind of cover, put it on Instagram and say, what would you like to see, hear about in the next That's a good podcast? Idea, yeah. Or in, the, in some following up ones. And also, we should drop our email, climb at epictv.com. That's climb at epictv.com. If you've got ideas, uh, you just want to say hi, you want to chat about stuff, you want to just tell us we're great or rubbish, then send us an email to that. Uh, we pick it up regularly, and that's how we'll respond to you. Awesome. Cool. Thanks Cheers very much. Thanks for a great weekend. Uh, Cheers. Let's go, let's go back to Geneva. Bye. Bye.